Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover adventure and the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to both of those things. With their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers, they have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their extended RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Good morning. Page needs a Mid-America RV right now to post March Madness page. We're going to send you on a trip. <laughs> I haven't talked to Mello about this. I don't know who's paying for it, but okay. we're going to do something to Mid-America RV. Mid-America RV is sponsoring <laughs> your trip, which by the way, to get ready for that trip, use promo code 2guys20 on Manscaped. You can oh. save 20% on all your grooming needs, male or female. Yeah, it's true. We, we don't discriminate against those, you know, whatever, nope. whatever you need to do. Yeah, I really like your hoodie. Yeah, I like your hoodie too. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube today, Mellow and I match. I'm in a weird mood. I just realized that I didn't put my contacts in today, and I realized that by poking myself in the eyes. Ooh. So that's the way today's going. Yeah, that's, that's cool. how today's going. Uh, the episode's coming out a little late today because I was not feeling well Sunday afternoon er, slash evening, whenever it was we were supposed to record, uh, because I'm old. And so you're getting the episode a little bit later today. Uh, we have some scheduling things we have to figure out as a crew, so there might be some changes as far as that goes. But you'll still get the podcast that you've come to love slash hate, much like my bracket. Because, oh, buddy, I heard on the radio driving in this morning that there are no perfect brackets right now. Yeah, nope. I don't think there were any after after Saturday. There could not have been. So I There were I like 24, we, I think. 24 total something yeah out of like the millions here sorry Paige. i would love to hear one thing you got right and one thing you got so so wrong about your bracket right now i don't i don't know if i have anything right other than the obvious ones like yeah gonzaga's still in it a little school from that small conference yeah Yeah. that's about it how do you pronounce Uh, that again oklahoma state gonzaga yeah thank you i had oklahoma state in my final four they're gone i had texas in my final four they're gone but even like other people, like, oh, I had Illinois going all the way. Nope, yeah. they're gone too. Like, I sat here and said that there would not be that many upsets this year, <laughs> and I was so fucking wrong. Like, there, it's just upsets. I expect like an eight seed to win. LSU is probably going to win this whole thing. Let's hope so. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we know that what I got right was North Texas beating Purdue. Called it. It wasn't the normal 512, but very, very, very excited about that upset and won a little money on it. So you know what? I nice. I, I put some I put some effort into um, that pick and and some money behind my my words. But that one I got right, and then I picked Illinois to go to the <laughs> Final Four. So yeah, that one that one hurt. That hurt. But and also I should have known because I someone I work with at Bleacher Report told me that Loyola was going is should well one we all knew they shouldn't have been an eight seed but they also yep. said hey that doesn't look good for them and yeah no if i'm illinois i'm pretty I'm writing a strongly worded letter about how i got to face that eight seed so right now i have 78 percent of my bracket is right i feel pretty good about that um i don't know if that makes me smart or stupid i'm gonna be honest uh, i picked michigan to win they're still in it but i picked them to beat oklahoma state and they're out so that hurts what I got right was my Ohio Bobcats. Woo! And Mello was with me when I realized that they had won because I didn't have that game on. And I did a lap around the bar, high-fiving people. So Ohio Bobcats were still in it. 
We're still in it. I also had Tennessee losing to Oregon State. Feel good about that. But I just, uh, as I said on our radio show, I have a weird anti-Tennessee bias, which I know that's a weird school to have a bias against. No, but I it's do. not. It makes sense. Okay, never mind. Okay, everybody gets it. But, you know, seeing our beloved, my beloved Texas basketball Longhorns lose, it was like when Texas football lost to Kansas. It's like one of those games where it's like, we shouldn't lose this game, but we're Texas, so we probably will. That's how it feels every time that every time you think Texas is good, they will do something to embarrass you. Like since Mac Brown left, anytime you're like, you know what, we got a shot in the Big 12 this year. Nope, we're gonna lose to Baylor and Kansas in the same season. That's just how it goes. So very upset slash wrong about that. Yeah, the one thing I will say that bothered me about that loss was that like a lot of people jumped on Shaka and were like, oh, he won all these times and made it to the tournament all these times with VCU, but could, did Melo, Melo's making a face, I wonder if he jumped on him, but he was like, oh, he can't win with Texas and look at all that money behind them. <laughs> look, let's just, let's just say you guys were there, you guys were a good team, I understand it's hard to win in March, okay? You have to understand, like, the guys that do it over and over again are elite. And he's getting to that point in a sense that, like, he's going to need to make or break it at Texas, obviously, in terms of winning in the tournament. But I don't think it's like call for his job, tweet statistics about how he did all of this. That's the one thing I really, really hate about the tournament is that like it's March. You guys have to remember losing like this is is tough. Virginia lost one year to um, a 16 seed and then won the next year. Like it's just it's difficult. It's hard to win in March. Yeah, it is. I think people do need to pump the brakes, but that's Texas for you. That's yeah. the university thing. Uh, maybe a state thing that uh, they as soon as you do something like they get their hopes up. And as soon as you don't meet that expectation, they want the guy fired. Uh, yeah. well, the football team's done it three times since Mac Brown, I think. Yeah. So uh, even with you know, Sark being there and everybody's all excited, if they if they win eight games, there will be a large majority of that fan base saying, ah, we need to fire the coach. And now Shock is feeling it. After a great season where Texas basketball was a three seed in the tournament, and I know they get upset, but a lot of people are going to be calling for his head. and. Uh, I think they need to be patient with him. They've stuck with him this far, and it looks mm-hmm. like he's kind of building something. Uh, Matt, like you mentioned all the time, Texas basketball needs to remember who they are. Yes. That you are not a blue blood. You are not whatever is below a blue blood. You are a tier three basketball program at best. Like, yep. So just be happy you were a three seed and keep building on what you're doing. Yeah, I'm not like team fire Shaka Smart at all because yeah. – I do think he's a good coach. I think that program had to be completely rebuilt, especially in the way that he wanted to build it, not a bunch of one and dones. I'm not I'm not ready to fire him. It's just disappointing. Maybe he needs to go back to the shaved head. That's the most confusing thing to me of the entire year is that he came out with hair. And it was like, wait, I, you, you were choosing to shave your head? Yeah, so many bald people are pissed off. Like, <laughs> right. you had hair under there and you were choosing? Like, right. good hair, off? too. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of it. Like, yeah, very jealous about that. Uh, brackets are hard, but Sister Jean stays undefeated. I, I can't even be mad. No, and I, I don't know if you guys saw her prayer before uh, the game, but she, I like, think dropped, you sent it to us. Yeah, she, like, dropped statistics yeah. in there, like... She knows what she's talking about. She's not just, like, picking them to move on because she's their chaplain. She's picking them to move on because she knows what she's doing. Like, she's watched a lot of basketball. She's a smart cookie. I love her. Um, And also, I think we need to just stop calling Loyola uh, Cinderella because they're not anymore. They're the new, like, Butler or Creighton or, like, they're they're a solid basketball program. You shouldn't view them as lesser than Gonzaga, yeah, after years. Um, You should definitely view them as someone you care about. Also, who you should view that you care about. 
The Pac-12 is 7-0 and in the tournament right now, okay? The disrespect to my conference, the conference oh. of champions. My conference. It's my conference. It's my Alabama conference, okay? Now that, that, you're an SEC fan. Now that, now that, no. Now that um, Larry Scott is leaving, okay, it's my oh, conference okay. again, okay? Okay. Um, actually, if I, if. They want to hire me as commissioner. I will take whatever pay Larry was was making to to do that. Oh, I bet. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm enjoying this conference and just having or enjoying this tournament just for the sake of this conference doing well because people just again kind of like in 2015 when people didn't stay up to watch football games to watch a Heisman winner, um, they should have stayed up to watch Pac-12 basketball because it is very very good and very deep. And the team that everybody picked to finish last in the conference is still in the tournament. So go beefs. I will say, I want to give people a little bit of an excuse this year. No. It was very hard to watch basketball this year with the schedules. So if y'all didn't stay up to watch Pac-12 basketball after dark, you're going to get a pass from me on So that how about no when that's your job and you're on the selection committee? And- oh, if it's your job. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant fans. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, if it's your job, fucking set an alarm. You need yeah. to stay up. Yeah. With you on that one. Power nap. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that the best team in the tournament, though, is also on the West Coast? I know that kind of gets under your skin. Yeah, I don't love that. I I don't think I would mind if it was in our – actually, that's not true. I would mind if it was Oregon. Um, (laughs) But I think – I'm a little that laugh. <laughs> there was her henchman laugh. <laughs> like evil, He's gonna evil swallow. page is coming out. I'm gonna drown drinking water today. Poke <laughs> myself in the eye. He was <clears throat> so early, okay, I'm fine. Um you know what? I don't I had started this conference or started this tournament thinking that I was gonna hate on Gonzaga, but honestly, you know what? West Coast, best coast. Let's just let's go. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the W for the West Coast. I didn't realize Michigan was on the West Coast. I thought it was was kind of... You think Michigan's the best team in the country? Yes. Careful, Paige. Hey, guess what? (laughs) It'll come back to bite you. You, You've already cursed Virginia. I mean, my... Now Michigan's going to win it all. I mean, I'm not saying out loud, but there's a significant game today that would determine whether or not my Final Four pick will be accurate with an eight seed, so... I mean, Michigan LSU is going to be a very good game. I'm very excited for it. Michigan's going to win. Okay. So. Seven o'clock tonight. Maybe you guys should wager on that one. Ooh, you want to bet on that game? Uh, sure. What do we loser want to bet? shaves their head. Loser shaves. Yeah, loser <laughs> shaves their head. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to gamble? Every it's too early. Everything I can think of is highly inappropriate. So maybe just dinner next time we see each other. You <laughs> okay. Know? Both tend to be expensive. Or, that's no. a decent, that's a decent bet. Yeah, right. Um, we can think. We can have the the people think of something, something that we don't like. Because remember how you ate mac and cheese before? We should do something embarrassing yeah. on the pod. I'm I'm confident in it, so I'm good. If Michigan loses, I'll wear one of your shirts on the pod. Yes. That Alabama yeah. tank. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> the one I got. At I don't Bucky's. know what you have to do. Yeah, I don't know. We'll come up with something. Because you wear one of mine. Isn't that funny? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll wear the draft scout hoodie and post anyway. a selfie. Post a selfie <laughs> in it. Hi, I'm Matt. Right, right. <laughs> might, might help get the subscriber numbers up. Um, something serious that I do need to. Do we need to. Okay, wait. Before we get to something serious, Paige has a new best friend. <gasps> it will soon be two guys, a girl, and a dog, and a podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Because, okay, I think I've told this story in the pod, but I don't really remember because we tell we talk a lot as a group anyway. But I am, like, obsessed with Butler Blue. Like, obsessed with him. The Who Butler the Live mascot, mascot for yeah. Butler. Butler, yes. The Butler Live mascot. And his Twitter account is, like, very well known. And he's just so adorable. And I follow him on Instagram and Twitter. And been a big fan for a long time. And this past weekend... He followed me back on Twitter. And so I sent a screenshot literally to Matt and Mello, and they could literally care less. But I told them when we talked about doing a tailgate tour that um, I wanted to go to a Butler basketball game just so we can meet Butler Blue because I'm that obsessed with him. So shout out to my new best friend, Butler Blue. He followed me back on Twitter, and the rest is going to be history, and I can't wait for this cute little LaFeels moment. I had a different idea for Butler Blue, but that's okay. I don't want to share it. Just in case something were to happen. Oh, yeah. Shh. Don't tell I her. wanted to kidnap him. Fine. If he goes missing, don't come knocking on my door. He's the cutest dog I've ever seen. Like, I, I love Georgia football. you got a great mascot. Butler Blue is a more attractive dog than Ugga. He's so cute. He's I so cute. I would that. Because Ugga is like kind of gross. That, he is thick, and I just want to hold him. How much do you think that dog weighs? 75 pounds. That's what I was thinking. Like, that was a horrible insane. choice to drink as soon as Bella goes, he's God. thick, and I just want to hold is, him. without a doubt, he is the cutest dog so ever. give him his boots. He's so, well, no, my dog is the cutest dog ever, but I second to Hank. <laughs> oh, he's I said, Just well, wait, wait till you come visit my house. You'd be like, oh, third cutest dog. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Butler Blue followed me back on Twitter. Actually, Take I don't that. think Waylon is cute. He's... So ugly that he's cute. Yes. I think you know that. I can yes. see your dog? Being a <laughs> yeah. He's, he's one of those dogs. It's like, that's an ugly dog, but God, I feel sorry for him. Let me pet him. Yeah. And he does this thing. If you like go to get on to him and he'll go like this. <laughs> and his little ears. <laughs> adorable. He's not even mad anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like, oh, I'll clean your you shit know, up. You it's fine. On the couch. Yeah, it's, this is your couch now. <laughs> oh, okay, gosh. now to something. Now to something serious. Straight faces. Let's see if Melo can do it. The NCAA women's. Locker room, weight room, weight room, everything. Swag bag, yeah, everything. Everything. Everything is bullshit. And, you know, like teams can win a single game in the tournament and make like millions of dollars. I don't want to say the, the number because I don't know the exact one. But the, the winner of the women's tournament, at least based on what I've seen on Twitter, they actually don't get anything. There's not a payout for winning the NCAA women's tournament. Meanwhile, the men get paid out per game, basically. It is just another great example of the discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots. And I know that we could say this about men's sports. Alabama's facilities look a lot different than Missouri's facilities. I understand that. I don't need you to come at me over this. But it is, quite frankly, bullshit that in 2021, like, here's a yoga mat, some dumbbells, and a spin bike. That's your that's your locker room. You're expected to work out and be an athlete given this access when you're there for like a month exactly like it is and i hate social media this is one of the great things about social media though is being able to shed light on things like this of this is what we're expected to work with or these are the meals we get compared to what the guys get like it's just it's just such crap and it's it's shocking i guess that we're still here but it's not that shocking that we're still here well, even you mentioned money, and I, you can't even mention that right now because it's irrelevant because this is the NCAA who should be governing these things equally. It's not about who's making more money. It's not about the men's tournament bringing in more sponsorship money. 
That's why we have things like Title IX, to ensure that everybody's treated equally. And they really shit the bed on this one. And even they came out and said, like, oh, it wasn't about money or time. It was about space. space. And then you had athletes coming out being like, no, actually, look at all this space. It's an entire empty room with a set of dumbbells. They have space. And then the NCAA tried to correct their problem, which probably made it worse, and like built always. a weight room for them. It's such bullshit. And then you look at the swag bag that they got. Like, the one that the women got is worse than you get at, like, a business expo. Like, all that shit's going in the trash. Nobody cares. It like the men got, like, shoe boxes and towels and all kinds of stuff. They covered an entire bed. And it's just not fair. And, I like, in the equal pay thing, again, this isn't about money because the NCAA should be putting all this money into one pot and then spreading it out equally, just like scholarships are. And they're not. So it this really pissed me off, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow. I hadn't seen the swag bags. It's the swag bag is pretty bad. But I think first, um, Sedona Prince, who plays for Oregon, props to her for putting out there the and calling out the NCAA for the fact that they said they had no space. Because, one, it, like, it, it, I understand that, like, if you, you should speak up for yourself. But, like, the fact that these women, like, still have to say, like, no, this is bullshit. You guys are lying about the fact that there's no space or whatever. Like, she is fearless. And so I retweeted her um, original video. And, you know, when you retweet something, when people reply to it from your feed, if it's from you, they, like, you get tagged in it. I'm still, to this day, it's like probably three or four days later, getting, five days almost, getting tagged in things of people replying to this with just like excuses or horrible things towards her and all of that and I know she could care less but I'm just like the fact that like she has to deal with that is like just out just not okay um but the other part is like everybody knows that it takes money to make money so you need to invest in women's sports you need to invest the time and money that's why a title nine exists so that you are investing equally in sports so they have the equal opportunity to grow Women's basketball has grown so much over the last year that it is, it's so crucial that they just keep going and we keep pushing this forward and we keep saying that these things are and calling out inadequacies. Like, it's just not fair um, that the women have to do it and are in charge of doing it. But like, props to fucking all of them for saying, saying this is not okay. This is bullshit. And calling out the NCAA because it is a really big deal because honestly, like, the men's, like, yes, I know that, like, I remember when, like, um, UConn, I, I'm blanking on who it was, Shabazz Napier was, like, saying, oh, they don't have snacks or whatever. Like, yeah, standing up to the NCAA is, is great, but it's a lot easier when you're a, a, a dude who plays for a program that's won national championships and also uh, made a lot of money for your school. It's another thing when you're a women's basketball player and automatically when you go to open your mouth, people are going to be yelling at you and telling you you're wrong and you don't deserve those things. It, it's not okay. So... Um, long story short, sorry for the rant, but I just, I, one, am so proud of the women that are, like, fearlessly sticking up for themselves, and also, two, just a reminder to everyone, like, even, I mean, even myself, like, Arizona is in the women's tournament, like, I'm gonna be watching the women's tournament this year, 
and making a point to like move that narrative forward of like, oh, I don't watch women's basketball or whatever. Because you know what? Those women deserve our respect. And also they're far better athletes than every single person on this podcast um, and deserve a better way of listening to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. So no offense, Mr. Mahomes. Yeah. Other than you. You're fine. But but honestly, um, so I, I'm props to them and I'm proud of them for standing up for themselves and I'm glad we got it fixed, but God, we got to do better, especially the NCAA. Yeah. And the worst governing body that ever. Is. Well, we got a lot yeah. of that here. <laughs> yeah. I said what I said. Ever. Yeah. Right. It is. It's, it's crazy, but it, I think it's important for us with our platform to amplify those stories. Mm-hmm. If we're not, we can't be the ones shedding light on it. Right. So. What we can do is amplify it and, and get it out there. So like you said, uh, props to them for having the courage to do it yeah. you know, instead of just being like, this is the hand we're dealt. What are we going to do? And not being in like, like a, no. yeah. And the best was that it wasn't in like a, hey, could we please have some? It was like, okay, this is the space. I'm going to make a TikTok and there's plenty of yeah. space. They're coming for the wrong generation, really. The NCAA needs to learn. Well, yeah. good luck there. NCAA assholes for a reason. Um, I don't quite understand what this last bullet point what you want me to what you want I just me to want you to tell people they're not going to be here. You're leaving us. Okay. I won't be here for the show Friday. I'll be back. I th- I hope. I don't know. I'll be back. Friday, I will be covering Zach Wilson's Pro Day for the day job at ESPN. And Mello and Paige will be holding it down. In my absence, it'll probably be the best episode that this podcast has ever had. So you two, without me getting in the way, will be amazing. Do we have to change the name for an episode? I think so. Or find a sit-in. We can have producer Matt just, like, scratch it out and do one guy and a girl podcast. I'm still going to sit here. We'll just put a cardboard <laughs> cutout. Right. Like when fans weren't allowed to go to the stadiums. Right. We'll just have that for Matt. I'm surprised there's not one. You can put that Vince Young picture in my chair. It'll be fine. I'm surprised Matt doesn't have right. a cutout of Matt either. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not getting it. Uh, oh it was for a birthday party. It was a joke for a birthday party. Right. Right. Right, right. Cool. It was way before. It was, it was before Bleach Report. No, it wasn't. No, damn it. Okay, it wasn't. Never mind. So yes, Friday it'll just be your two favorite hosts, Mellow and Paige. Someone's well, I the would cutest. probably find you a celebrity guest to take my spot. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't doing anything. He's uh, welcome to guest host. Or Brittany, Brittany Matthews. She'd do a hell of a job. We'll start with the Mahomeses and work our way. Down. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's just it's bar. all downhill from We've there. Set that bar. Okay. Yeah, it could be two girls, a guy, in a podcast. Yeah. Our kids' podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, your kids would yeah. not be happy with copyright infringement. They'll sue you. <laughs> right. Cease and desist. Cease and desist, sirs. Okay, let's take our break. We come back. Our mock draft of the first 10 picks, and then your questions. We are back with our mock drafts, just the top 10 today, and we each did this a little bit differently. I was tardy getting into the rundown, so I did mine top 10 with no trades. Mello did his top 10 with trades, and Paige did what she would do. When Paige is the first female general manager in the NFL, these are the picks that she would make. I'm putting that out there. Let's make that happen. All right, so let's kick this off. No drama with the first overall pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars will select Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that that's the pick. We can move on. At what point does it become official? The 29th, because the NFL won't let you do that anymore. So April 29th at about 8 o'clock, it'll be official. It's unofficially official, you know? like I still get those tinglys, even when we know. Like, ooh, what are they going to do? Right. What if they don't submit the card? You know that? what? Uh, so here's <laughs> it, because there's nothing to talk about with this pick. At Bleach, when I was a Bleacher Report, they would always ask and be like, hey, like, 
how good do you feel about who the first pick will be? How good do you feel about who the second? And they were like, let's pre-make videos. And it will do it like it would be live. So most years we had pre-shot the first two to three picks in the draft. And so what you guys would see is we would be live, like Sims and Lefko and I would be live. And then the first pick would get announced and we would actually roll to a pre-cut video. You couldn't tell watching it. But like, so every year I would be nervous as fuck making sure I got those picks right. Because if I didn't, we had to play catch up the whole time. And that's how we stayed ahead of like ESPN and NFL Network is we pre-shot videos. So we were we were done. Like Baker, when he got picked, we had it done. And so we were ready to roll. We had Bradley Chubb. Felt good about it. We were done. You know, it's like, that's kind of how that works. You're revealing all the secrets behind the scenes. Not there anymore. Can tell everything. That's going to be a fun book to write. Okay, the number two pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets. And I, again, went with no trades. What I think will happen, I think as of today, Zach Wilson, it just feels like this is solidified. Mel is knocking his mic over. It, it really does feel like this one's solid. I think we'll begin over the next two weeks to probably hear some Sam Darnold buzz heating up about destinations for him. But maybe not what I would do here, but I think this is what the Jets would do with Zach Wilson. That's what I'm going with as well. And I'll have some trades in our next pick. But I think that they're going to sit there and they're going to take Zach Wilson. I think that there's something about being a GM who's still fairly new, getting yourself a new rookie quarterback. I think there's a lot of potential with a guy like Sam Darnold, but you're probably only picking this high. Well, if you're the Jets. (laughs) But, sorry. Every year. (laughs) It's just true. I was going to say you're probably not going to pick this high, but you're replacing Sam Darnold, who was the second quarterback taken in his draft. And you were there with Jamal Adams. So, Hopefully you can get it right this time. I like the direction that franchise is going, but I think they do want kind of their quarterback and a guy to build on that rookie contract. I think that's a huge thing in the NFL, and I think that's what the Jets want to do here. Yeah, I went a little different, obviously, because I'm picking what I want would do, not what I think is going to happen. Um, I would go with Trey Lance here because, again, he is still um, QB2 on my board. So I would I, – I, Curious, would you guys choose Justin Fields? Is that who you both were thinking you would choose instead of Zach Wilson? If you were doing I would. Okay. If it were me, if I were the GM, and a lot of that goes into, if you're the GM, you're able to spend a lot more time with these guys than I'm able to, and so you're able to crack the code a little bit more, or you hope you are, right? Mm -hmm. And and I I get that a lot from fans. They're like, well, you missed on Solomon Thomas as well. Sure did. I'm one guy. The Niners have 20 of me. They should have more information. They should be better at their job than I am because of the access all those things, right? So I think it's easy to say, yeah, as a general manager, I would take Justin Fields. As a general manager, you'd have a lot more information. Not that there's anything behind the curtain with Justin Fields that you're worried about, but that's where I would lean. I would rather have more of a sure thing. Like I think Zach Wilson's ceiling is higher than Justin Fields potentially, but I think like Justin, we know exactly what he is and it's it's pretty good. That's the way I feel about Trey Lance. As well, I think his ceiling is probably higher than Justin Fields, mm-hmm. but the floor for Justin Fields is going to be a little bit higher. It, it, that blazing four 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 one. I thought that was a dream. I woke up the next day and was like, "Did I dream that?" And so I tweeted it because I tweet everything, <laughs> and people were like, "No, nah, man, that was real." Yeah, you did. I, I thought you were just being it. like, "You're trying to be funny." <laughs> I just had a late night Thursday night and was like, "Was that real or a dream?" And you it didn't was real. like do a so, quick search yeah. before tweeting it or. Never. Why would you do that? No. No. Okay. I because it's it's better if it's like, oh no, it wasn't a dream. It was real. So I just, you know, 
always thinking. Engagement. Right, number th- right. <laughs> I don't get paid for engagement, though. It's too bad. Uh, number three overall, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I do think a trade probably happens here, but I wasn't going to go that route since Melo did trades. So if I were, uh, if I, well, oh, hi, words. If, if the Dolphins, the yeah, if the Dolphins stay here and don't trade out, my pick would be Kyle Pitts. I know that Jamar Chase is a very good receiver, and he would fit in just fine there. But I actually think they're they're kind of solid at receiver. Uh, so I look at this and say, give me Kyle Pitts, who can play everywhere. He and Mike Gusecki at tight end together, just wrecking people's hopes and dreams. He'd be great uh, in the red zone. They brought in Will Fuller, which is why I say I think they're okay at wide receiver with Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Will Fuller. But you had Kyle Pitts go with Mike Gusecki. That is one hell of an offense. You don't even need a running back because you're not going to run the ball. But if you're keeping Tua, if you're keeping Tua, you have to put these weapons around him. And for if you're like you said, if you're keeping Tua, you got to get him some big targets too. Uh, and I, I think that could definitely be a possibility. But I think the Miami Dolphins are going to trade this pick. I think that a lot of teams are looking to come up and get a quarterback. And I think for the Dolphins, they're even looking to trade back to where you can still get a receiver. Yeah, this is just working the draft. Trade back, you can probably still get at least one of the guys you like, but Carolina's going to come up and take this pick, and they're going to take Justin Fields, number three overall. I think uh, I think it's just only a matter of time before we see somebody come up and get this pick, and I do think the Carolina Panthers are a team who desperately want a quarterback. They don't want to sit there. They want to get their guy, whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I think they can at three, and I think they trade up, swapping those first-round picks, and probably a next one, uh, sorry, a, a future pick next year or maybe even a second-round pick this year. But I do think the Carolina Panthers will be aggressive, and they come up and get Justin Fields at three. This was the trade I wanted to predict, but you beat me to it. So good job. I'm very good at this. Yep. Good work. Good thing I am the dress code. <laughs> He's not wearing his own branding today to be able to do that. Okay. <laughs> I so. feel like you can't really wear your own branding like a lot. You do like, though. I wear mine like every now and then, but not. Like... I, I I was saying you do before you said a lot. So sorry. I was. Just can saying. you wear like? You know, does Dave Grohl wear a Foo Fighters t-shirt? I don't know. Dave Grohl can wear whatever the hell he wants. That's true. Yeah. You guys do you really ever love Nirvana this? t-shirts? I do love the Foo Fighters. What? Do you think Dave Grohl wears Nirvana t-shirts? Too soon. Yeah. All right. My pick for Sorry, Miami bitch, go ahead. is... Batman wears Batman stuff. <laughs> he does. He All really does. Time. Bruce Wayne, not a big Batman guy. <laughs> But Batman is always stuff? wearing some kind of Batman. He's brand. logoed out yeah. for the brand. Interesting. <laughs> you know what else is interesting? My pick for Miami, which is Jamar Chase, um, because I think they need to get another offensive weapon in there. I understand your reasoning for picking Kyle Pitts. I would take Jamar Chase. I think he's a better overall player. Um, I also did not like that you said that they don't need a running back after this pick because I'd like them later in this round to choose a running back out of Alabama. Thank you. Yeah, well, I just said you might not need one, you know, need versus one. Okay, at number five overall, the Atlanta Falcons on the board. I have them taking Justin Fields. I, I do think there's a chance, like I said, somebody trades up to three. I think that's where we're at right now. Whether it's the Panthers, you know, who, whomever, the Niners, the, the Patriots, they're probably not going to trade with Miami. But any team that needs a quarterback right now, you're trying to get ahead of Atlanta. Like, that will be the goal for you within the next month is to get ahead of Atlanta. But I have Justin Fields going to the Falcons here. I, I know that Matt Ryan just did a deal where he's locked in for two years, basically. The last three months taught us that we actually know nothing about the salary cap. So yeah. it doesn't matter what Matt Ryan's cap number looks like next year. 
at all. It's movable. It's movable. They're so movable. don't even don't overthink it. If a good quarterback's on the board, I think the Falcons have to take them. Start thinking about the future so that you don't find yourself in a position like Pittsburgh is in right now, where you're like, oh, I guess we'll bring Roethlisberger back for a year. Like you need to start thinking yeah. about what's next. It's smart of the Falcons to do it now. Yeah, and I I actually kind of disagree with you guys. I think that the Falcons are going to take. Uh, or sorry, I think they're going to trade this pick. I, I don't think that they're going to target a quarterback just yet. I think they're going to sit and wait and see what Matt Ryan has for the next couple of years. But uh, another team that I think is going to be aggressive in the trade market is the New England Patriots. They have filled, obviously, a lot of needs via the draft. Belichick knows he can't just sit around and get lucky in the sixth round again. He's going to have to trade up. So I have New England trading up here to get Trey Lance. And I think that's a style of quarterback that they've kind of Learn to love. I, I did not expect them to bring Cam Newton back for another year, but I think they liked what they saw, at least enough to give him a one-year, $14 million contract. You come up, you get Trey Lance. Trey Lance can kind of sit and learn behind Cam Newton for a while before you have to make that decision next year going forward. If Do we bring him back? Do we let Trey Lance ride this thing out? I think they'll go with Trey Lance, but I think New England's going to be aggressive. They have a lot of draft picks. We've never really – they've never had to – be aggressive and trade up for a quarterback. But I think they have to get in front of teams uh, like the 49ers. And I think that those teams will be looking to trade at like a spot at like six, or mm-hmm. they might be looking to do a deal with the Falcons. But New England has the picks, and they don't have a whole lot of team needs anymore because it filled everything with free agency. So that's why I have them coming up here uh, to pick number four, New England Patriots taking Trey Lance. And a lot of people, sorry, Paige, not to jump in, a lot of people might say that like, oh, 15 to four, that's way too high. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Remember, Kansas City drafted Patrick Mahomes. They moved up from, I think, 24 to 10. Mm-hmm. And the Texans moved up from, like, 27 to 15. So you can do it. The New Orleans Saints moved up from 30 to 15 to take Marcus Davenport. It cost them a future one. You can do it. You absolutely can. It's possible. Um, I did the same as Matt. I went with Justin Fields. I do think they need to prep for the future. I don't think it's, like, one of those things that, like, like Green Bay taking Jordan Love or something like that where people are going to be offended. Like, I think this is something where you just, like, need to be smart. And like you guys said, I think Justin Fields, you know what you're getting. And, mm. and it's not someone you need to throw in right away to figure it out. And in a couple years, you're going to be screwed when he starts and you're like, oh, shit, we made the wrong choice here. I think it would be a good thing for him to go be behind Matt and and learn those things and eventually take over. And it would be sort of a seamless transition on that end. Also, four four one at 230 pounds. Dude's an athlete. Like, I don't know why that doesn't get talked about enough with him. You know, like, he is so athletic, and it gets buried. People talk about, like, Zach Wilson being a better athlete. Uh-uh. No. People say that? Yes. People on the Twitter, that. people say that. Or even, like, I, I'm a big Trey Lance fan. Justin Fields is a better athlete than Trey Lance. Justin Fields is a better athlete than Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. This is not a hot take. Yeah. It's science. Look at him. <laughs> we have the data. We've looked right? at it. We've crunched the numbers. I don't understand. Well, I think it's also kind of funny that, like, the so those two guys have been one and two for, like, their – since, like, high school. Whole lives. Yeah, basically. Um, I think it's funny, too, that that's also the knock on Trevor Lawrence, though, is, like, people think he's not that athletic. Like, he is super athletic. And yeah. so is Justin Fields. But I think it's so funny that, like, Zach Wilson shoots up more than people. Like, well, he's athletic. He's athletic, you know? Like, that's the thing that they, they say he's to, like, bring it up, too. Out, well – He's not the least. I was going to say he's the least athletic, but he's not. He's the fourth most athletic quarterback in the first round. Right. Yeah. 
but I just think it's so funny that that's what people throw out there. It's like, well, he, he's probably a little bit more athletic than, than Trevor, you know? And it's like, no, actually he's not. And he, like you said, he's not more athletic than um, Justin Fields, but because we're no. we're moving him up boards, we have to add that in too. But also to your you point. You got to find reasons. Yeah. To your point also on, on the, the 40 time, what do you mean? It getting buried? People not saying it's real? It could have been rigged? I don't know. Are there people that have been saying those things? I haven't been saying those things. About him. I, I didn't say anybody's 40 else. was rigged. You didn't say it was rigged. You just said it. I said people don't need to alert their fucking app about somebody's pro day time being the second fastest at the motherfucking combine because those are different. They'd be like saying, I weigh 200 pounds on Earth, but on Mars, I'm only 115. <laughs> no fucking shit. They're not the same. That's my problem. Like, if we're going to tell I'm people so things, I'm so happy. let's just make them the same. You That's guys, all. I like your moon, I, Earth <laughs> Thank you. I legitimately, right? okay. you guys, I anyway. legitimately just wanted to poke the bear and make him do that. <laughs> it's too and, early. And he, he took the bait. I don't even, I was kidding. I was totally kidding. I'm not calling you out for that. I just wanted to see how you re- would react to that. And that was fucking right. hilarious. Was perfect. People who Thank watch you. this show on YouTube are going to see your eyes getting the camera like, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, at number five overall, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them drafting Panay Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. I still love Sewell. I think he's amazing. And he's another player that just, in all the quarterback drama, has not been talked about enough because he is a taker of souls from defenders. He's 20 years old. And like last year, we all got hyped about uh, Mikai Becton for good reason. It's like, my God, look how physical he is look how he finishes look how he moves Sewell's better he's he's more agile he has better movement he's I think he's meaner at the point of attack now his pass pro needs a little work I think that's why some people like Rashawn Slater better but I haven't seen someone move like he does in the run game in a very long time and he's like 330 pounds so to me it's like watching a young Jason Peters that size the explosiveness the just balance and control in space is really, really special. Yeah, ability to finish blocks. I think that he is the second best prospect in this class. And I haven't moved him off there. He's been there the whole time. Trevor Lawrence won. Sewell, number two. I think that if you know, Trevor Lawrence weren't in this class, even Jacksonville would be looking at this as we might need to take Sewell. I think he is a very special offensive lineman, and we just haven't seen many of these guys come through. Even when you look at some of the elite-level tackles that have been taken in the last couple of years, even going back to guys like Tunsil, mm. it's just Sewell is special. And he's not just a guy who's going to anchor and, and be an exceptional pass blocker. I think he's very good in the run game as well, and you just you don't find these guys very often. And I think Cincinnati would be absolutely crazy to take a pass catcher when you have Sewell on the board, which I, I've seen some people that getting some hype. I just can't understand why you do that. You have to take Sewell. I, I think that or there was even a time where you would say Cincinnati might need to trade up to get a guy like Sewell, but it looks like he's going to fall into their last yeah. five. And they have T. Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Like they have some receivers, so yeah. they, don't, they don't have to draft one here. Yeah, I think I picked the same. Um, and I do think, like you said, not enough people are talking about him, and when they do talk about him, it's to say that he's overrated. And I just think it's so strange because also think about the players that he played with in that offense. And like you said, in the run game, like Royce Freeman, like he made him like at the start of the year when he was like fully going for it, like look like a Heisman candidate. Like he, he really does make a difference. And like, I, and also he played with Justin, like there's so many things that like you could Mm -hmm. say that like the uh, talent that he played with, he elevated them on so many levels. I don't think 
this is something I hope that people don't overthink this because I do think it's worth the the high pick and I know people are nervous about it but I I don't think that him sitting out a year is gonna affect anything how about in 20 2019 when we all love that Oregon offensive line it's like oh my god these guys are so good name one of them that's doing something in the NFL I Penny Sewell held that line together and it made all of them look incredibly good and they were a very good offensive line unit in mm-hmm. college football they had one star and four or five okay players. i want to say shane lemieux started somewhere to end the year but that's your point right stands absolutely stands okay number six the philadelphia eagles i think this is where it gets a little bit difficult jamar chase is still on the board in my mock draft though so i have jamar oh, chase stop. coming off the board here at number six overall mel was playing in our dock you're up you're good. I'm always playing in the dark. Yeah, right? You're just seeing it now. <laughs> um, I like that pick, but I think that the first pass catcher off the board is going to be Kyle Pitts. And he's available right here in mine. I think that he fits very well with what Philly wants to do. They, st- I still think they want to get some two tight end sets out there. And Kyle Pitts would fit in great with that. To be able to be a guy who can come in and play that second tight end mm-hmm. spot when you already have a Dallas Goddard out there on the field, it gives you a big pass catcher for a young quarterback. That's why I have them going with Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase. Just the versatility. I think it's a pick your poison. Who do you prefer at this point? And I think the Eagles are going to go with Kyle Pitts. So I picked Devontae Smith. That's where I would go. I am. I moved Kyle Pitts down my board, but also you guys are going to totally laugh at what I did next because in no world do the next two picks go in that order um, in real life, but that's what I would do. But, yeah, I went with Devontae Smith. I think you um, get a guy there that, that um, has proven that he can make uh, a quarterback look better. And um, I know they didn't have the, the Alabama connection at the time, but, hey, might, might as well bring it back. Run it back. I know it doesn't right. matter. All right, seven, the Detroit Lions. This is where I maybe have the first surprise of my mock draft. I have them going with Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern, like Penesul, someone who opted out this past year. Now, the Lions have a good left tackle in Taylor Decker. Um, They have a good center in Frank Ragnow. The rest of this offensive line I see as fluid. And Rashawn Slater could play left guard and be an all-pro there. He could play right guard. He could play right tackle. I know teams that have said, I think at center, he'd be the best center in the NFL within two years. So with Slater, you're not moving Taylor Decker, but you are just fortifying that offensive line. He would be the best player on the board in this uh, mock draft as far as how my rankings go. And like I said earlier, I think Slater is a better pass blocker than Penny Sewell is right now. But there is, you know, obviously he's a little bit of a smaller guy. He's a great athlete, but he has a little bit of a smaller guy. So I, I know teams are going to see that and be like, man, he might be a guard or he might not fit our scheme because we want more power blocking. But I think he's just super, super clean in his technique. I actually really like that pick. And one thing that I've been trying to hammer home is I think that a lot of these receivers will fall uh, in the draft as we get closer. I, I just think that that's a position that you maybe don't draft in the top 10, even knowing that we have. Three exceptional receivers and a damn good guy who kind of plays tight end sometimes. But I like that pick for Slater. And honestly, if I was Detroit, that's what I would probably do. But I'm not. So I think they're going to get a pass catcher. I have them taking Jamar Chase. I think they want to surround Jared Goff with some talent because right now it's pretty slim pickings over there in Detroit. So I have them going with Jamar Chase, who right here on the board, it's kind of a surprise, I think, that he would last this long. Yeah. 
I went Kyle Pitts on this one just based on, like, big board and need. Um, I think just the versatility there, like you said, get Goff somebody who can do a lot of different things um, and help him out in that offense. But um, I I just think – I don't think Kyle Pitts falls this far, especially um, not before who I – who are not – yeah, not before who I pick next. Okay. Uh, number eight overall, we'll get to that. This is the Carolina Panthers. I have them selecting Trey Lance. Now, I do think April 29th, I think we see quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. I didn't do trades, so that is why Trey Lance is available here. The Panthers will probably trade up to get him when it when it's all said and done. He would be a great fit in Joe Brady's offense. They do have Teddy Bridgewater if they felt like they, they don't want to unleash Trey on the NFL right away. They do have a veteran there who could hold the ropes for a little bit. And this is where I had the Panthers trading up to take Justin Fields, which I do think will happen. So Miami has this pick for me, and I think that they have the luxury of trading back and still getting one of the best pass catchers there. I'm going to give them Devontae Smith. I think that he fits in any offense. And this still got – he just wows me every time you put on the tape. He's not the biggest, not the fastest. He's one of the most productive receivers ever in college football, though. Uh, I think that Miami and the fans there give to a guy who maybe didn't love him that much, but still a little bit of familiarity there. So I chose Zach Wilson. And in no world does Kyle Pitts go for Zach Wilson in this draft. But um, based on, again, what I would do, this is who I would take there. Um, and I, to be honest with you, like, I am probably going to eat crow and, and Zach Wilson's probably going to be a fine quarterback in the NFL, but I just, I don't, I don't know if it's worth the risk and I don't see the the hype in comparison to Mahomes. I think the ceiling's there, but I'm not sure that um, once he gets to the NFL, it's going to be that thing. So I will give him to the Carolina Panthers. Still think he's a great quarterback, but that is where I'm, I'm, I'm sending Zach Wilson is to Carolina. All right, number nine, the Denver Broncos. This is a harder one. They signed uh, Kyle Fuller over the weekend. I, I think filling one of their needs at the corner position. Now, it's, it's a one-year deal, so maybe you look at that and say, oh, they can still draft one. I have them going a different direction. I went Micah Parsons. I think he is the best defender in this draft class. He's been another guy maybe been forgotten about a little because of the opt-out, but his athleticism is special. He can play coming off the edge. They have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. They're okay there, but he can rush off the edge. He could play in space. I think he's an excellent stack linebacker. The Broncos head coach is Vic Fangio, who Paige and I remember as the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers when they had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. He's going to take one look at Micah Parsons and go, that's Navarro Bowman. I want him on my team. Boo bam. Done deal. He's one of the most complete linebackers I've ever seen. And he is so versatile too, because I mean, if he falls to a team, I say fall, but if he goes to a team like Denver, the it, the options there are endless. I mean, he could be an edge rusher on third downs. He could be a coverage linebacker if you need him to on first down. Whatever you need him to do, he can do it. He's one of the most physically gifted players I've ever seen, and he just happens to play linebacker. I think with Denver, when you look at what they are going to do in this draft, how do you stop the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's loading up on defense with a guy like Micah Parsons that can get after the quarterback or a guy like Caleb Farley. That's why I have them taken, who maybe can slow them down in the secondary. But you can't have enough good corners if you're the Denver Broncos right now because you have to figure out a way to win and be successful in your division. And that comes with trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think one of the best options to do that is Caleb Farley, a guy we haven't seen play in a long time. But he's still an elite-level athlete, and I think he's going to go top 10 in this draft. It's Really, it's between him and Patrick Sertan. I, I like Sertan a little bit more, but I do think Farley will go number 9 here to Denver. 
Yeah, I actually took Patrick Sertan. I agree that they are literally 1A and 1B, maybe like 1A and 1AA, because I literally don't think the gap is is that big between them. But I went Patrick Sertan just out, just out of the fact that like we've seen him play recently and he played at Alabama. Those things right. sort of move him up the, the ladder a Wait. little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think in terms of need, that's that's the biggest one to fill. And I, the okay. name is going to actually help. Like, that's I think something that teams actually do look at is that NFL pedigree. We joked before, like, Teams don't care where you played football, but I do think they care about, oh, your dad played in yeah. the NFL? Okay, we like that. Say J.C. Horn is going to get the same thing. His dad, Joe Horn, playing in the NFL. Asante Samuel. Amari Rogers. Yeah, like, there's just so many of these guys who did, but I do think that that's something NFL teams do actually look at and do care about. So Mello had Caleb Farley going nine. Paige had Patrick Sertan going nine. At 10, the Dallas Cowboys, I have Patrick Sertan going there. I think this is one of the most beautiful scheme fit connections in the first round of the draft. And I want to throw this nugget out there about Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley is, as Mello said, a world-class athlete. I think just on film, Caleb Farley is ahead of Patrick Sertan for me, especially if you run man coverage. He's just, he's so fast. He tracks the ball so well. He's had a knee injury and a back injury. So that is my asterisk. I had someone from the NFL, from an NFL team actually text me Monday morning, which corner do you like better? I was like, I don't know. I haven't seen the medicals. I like Caleb Farley better. The medicals could change that for me. So that's something to keep in mind. But I do have Dallas taking Patrick Sertan. I think he and Trayvon Diggs yep. just roll tied, baby, at corner. Just It works for Nick Saban. It works for me. That's, that's my rule. <laughs> we just thought about it. We're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're just going to bring it up here. I have him go with Patrick Sertan as well. I really like this kid. He is my favorite corner in this class. So physical at the line. You don't get that with a lot of corners. He'll come up and play the run game. But I think he can also be a shutdown, probably number one corner from day one. I think he's pro ready. I love him. And I think Dallas fans should be just ecstatic if they get this guy. Yeah. And I took Caleb Farley. So <laughs> we just. Switch those around. But, yeah. Got to take a corner. Yeah, take a corner. It's just the order in which they fall. And like I said, it would Denver at nine. I would prefer Patrick Sertan, but I just – I don't know if the NFL will. Look at that. Okay. That's it. That's it. Let's get to our questions. Uh, Hashtag paging two guys. Send in those questions. Paige looks nervous. What? No, I I didn't even read any of these beforehand, so I'm – Oh, so you are nervous. Uh, they're all football questions. This is easy. Uh, almost all football questions. Uh, how many double-digit sack guys are there in this class? So perennial slash consistent, none. I don't think there are any. I like Quiddy Pay. I like Jalen Phillips. I like Aziz Ojolari. I like Joseph Osai. Double-digit sack, like consistent. And that's like you, you're a hall of famer if you're a consistent double digit sack guy Mm -hmm. so i think there are players here who could have like shack like a shack barrett like career like one year maybe not 19 and a half like one year great next year like good but like you probably get eight eight. and a half you know like i see it more like that and the thing is like with this d-line class like gregory russo quitty pay those dudes played like zero nose and got some of their production like you're not you're not going against david bakhtiari and ryan ramchek and like nah you're you're over like a kid from Coastal Carolina at center. Like, okay, you're six seven. You're gonna swim, move him. You're tackling the quarterback. It's not that easy. I understand, but I I just don't see it. I don't see this class having that dude. And I I really like this edge rusher class. Actually, I think they have two. Uh, I'm gonna go with Osai and Ojolari. I think that both of those guys and fit is really gonna matter. I was just gonna say that it depends on who you play. Yeah. 
But with Ozilari, <coughs> like he could fall to the Titans, and they just say, hey, we don't even care about the run game. Just go after the quarterback. And I think he's going to be good for around 10 sacks every year. And I'm still Joseph Osai's biggest supporter, I think. I, I think that a lot of people have questions about him as an edge rusher, and that's because they only saw it for one year. Mm-hmm. But look at the, what he was able to do in that one year. And a lot of people would say, oh, throw on the Oklahoma State tape. Please do. And watch Joseph Osai because he really struggled, struggled against the right tackle, Tevin Jenkins. But he had three sacks that game. And he ended that game with a sack, winning it for Texas. Yeah. He had one hell of a day. He struggled against one guy. Guess what? You can do that in the NFL, too. If you can't beat this guy, fuck it. Flip you over. We'll put you on the other Von side. Von Miller couldn't Have beat Mitchell Shorts. Exactly. Okay. So uh, I do think uh, Osai and Ojalari are still going to be very good pass rushers. I like both those guys quite a bit. And the depth here, too. I know Ronnie Perkins is getting some hype mm. of late. I think Quiddy Pay, his athletic ability, Jason Woe out of Penn State. Like, there are a lot of guys who I think could come in and be situational pass rushers. It's where you do see them getting at close to 10 sacks every year. I was surprised you didn't say Quiddy Pay because I, I know you've been super high on him. But I, if I had to pick one, I would actually go with Osai as well. That, that, that's who I would just take based on what I, I watched in college football. With Quiddy Pay, I think he's going to go to like the Texans. And they're going to play him yeah. in that, uh, was it, five tech. And yeah. he's probably not going to be that productive as far as sacks goes. Or he's going to go to the Packers like Rashawn Gary did. I think that those are just, that's his fit. That's where he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be like a traditional stand-up edge rusher. Uh, I think he's going to be very good, but I don't think he's going to. I could see him in Kansas City. Yeah. Like that fit is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being that strong side left end type. But even then, I still think that like seven, eight sacks a year is going to be very good for him. He's going to be a damn good player. I just don't know if he's going to be that type of edge rusher. All right, what kind of production can we expect from second-year running backs? And this is tough because everything's in flux right now, right? It's like the Colts, like Jonathan Taylor ended the year so well, and you would be like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's going to bust out. But then you have to look and be like, wait, they brought back Marlon Mack. They still have Naheem Hines. How much run will he actually get? Or you can go to Detroit where you have DeAndre Swift, who we all really liked. And then you have to be like, they brought in Jamal Williams. He's going to take some touches away from him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should be the guy in Kansas City next year because Damian Williams uh, was released. Uh, yeah. Darrell Williams was kept. Yeah. But I, I just I think it's too early to give you a great answer for this question because we still need to figure out, like, teams aren't done. We're one weekend afraid to see. So teams aren't done yet. The guy I would keep a very close eye on, though, is J.K. Dobbins. I think Baltimore is going to – they should have more last year. And I do like Gus Edwards, but J.K. Dobbins should be the guy there next year. He should be. I, I agree with that. I think that with these two running backs, sorry, I said two running backs. I really like Jonathan Taylor, and I think J.K. Dobbins can be very productive. With Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't know how many carries he's going to get. So I think that'll be something to watch. I think that he'll get more. I think he'll get a little more used to being in the NFL, but I still think the Chiefs just, they default to throwing the football, and they throw it vertically not dumping it off to the running back. And Jonathan Taylor, he goes as Carson Wentz goes. If Carson Wentz can play fairly well, I think Jonathan Taylor can actually see a lot of rushing yards. But if he struggles again, people are just going to load the box. And they're going to say, we know you're going to have to run and beat us. We're not going to let you do that. Uh, And so that's kind of where I'm at with Jonathan Taylor. And DeAndre Swift, uh, I mean, I don't know about like fantasy. You want to look at that aspect of it. 
It's probably like the fourth running back, maybe fifth running back behind uh, who the Rams have. Uh, yeah, uh, Cam Akers. So I, I just don't know. I really like DeAndre Swift coming out of Georgia. I think that he's going to be competing for carries in Detroit. I don't love that offensive line. I don't love that quarterback play. I think it could be a rough year for him. So the guys that I do like, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, I think they will be north of 1,000 yards. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I hope for his sake that Carson plays well. Um, but I do think because it's a new place and it's a it's – I think it's going to be okay, all right? I'm just going to put that out there for him because I, I loved watching him in college. And also, even when he had played for not-so-great quarterbacks who couldn't throw the ball, um, and they did load the box against him, he still is crazy um, in terms of, of getting through guys. So I, I would take Jonathan Taylor out of everybody. That would be fun to do, like, a redraft this summer when we have nothing to do. Uh, Tua versus Hurts in year two. Who has a better year? I hate to be this guy, but, like, better is so subjective. So, like, is that more wins? Is it more yards? Is it more touchdowns? I think at the end of the 2021 season, we will say that Tua Tagovailoa is a better NFL quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I like both these players a lot. I think I've made that very clear on this podcast. But I think Tua is still ahead of where Jalen is as a passer. Yeah, and his team is light years ahead of where the Philadelphia Eagles are. I'll take Tua in that one, too. I, I think production on the field is probably going to be better for Tua. Uh, I think we all had them taking a receiver in this draft that we did. Uh, yeah, uh, so I think they're going to get him some help. I think they've done a good job in free agency. I think the offensive line is going to be better. Uh, they're more veteran this year. Uh, this thing, It's just aligning for Tua. They've done a good job of building around him. And Jalen Hurts is coming into a situation where it's just it's not good in Philadelphia. So I'll take Tua all the way on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tua, too, but also this is so funny because earlier when I said I hadn't read the questions, I was thinking about it when we were look picking, and I was like, how come no one asked Devontae Smith, like Jalen Hurts or uh, Mac Jones? You know what I mean? Because everyone was asking those questions, yeah. and then I was like, no one's been talking about that, and then all of a sudden someone's like, Tua Hurts. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Tua just based on situation alone. Like, I, I mean, Jalen in the right situation, which he was in for at two different places in college, um, definitely benefited him. Um, but I hope that that can be the future for them in Philadelphia. But I do think for next year, too, is definitely going to have the better uh, year. Yep. All right. This is a tough one. What's the longest you've waited in line for something? I think the answer for me will be um, getting into a game at Kauffman the, during the World Series. So 2015, there were some times where, like, it, it got backed up. It got backed up lines at Kaufman are notoriously terrible. And when that stadium's full, like 40,000 people trying to get into that stadium, it's not built for that. So I want to say that's the longest I've... It was probably like an hour. Chiefs Chiefs games are bad. Yeah. Too. It's like, you know you have to go pee before you go get in line. Yeah. Uh, and you take rough. four beers. Take four I, beers because you're going to drink them in line. I don't remember where we were, but we were... I was talking to somebody about movie premieres. How, like when a big movie used to come out, they would do it on a Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, yeah, at do the midnight, midnight Thursday night. Right? And I remember waiting in line. I think it was for like fucking Spider-Man or something. But the line was backed up. A terrible podcast because you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But it was yeah. backed up like all the way through the mall. And you couldn't get in. It felt like, like it was like an hour yeah. <laughs> wait. It, it was terrible. But also... Uh, if you've ever been to Lambert's Cafe, oh shit! I have waited yeah. outside for that 
for like two hours. Before. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. a restaurant where they throw rolls at you. There are only like what four of them in the country. One's in Alabama, yeah. one up here in Missouri. There's two in Missouri, yeah, Sykeston and. But Brent. It, it's yeah. so popular, and at the time it was just you would go early and you'd know I'm waiting in line. But I can remember getting there one day. And it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And they were like, it's an hour and a half wait. Like, oh, shit, we're already here. Like, yeah. it's either turn back and go home or you wait. So uh, anybody that's been to Lambert's knows shit. you're waiting in line for a bit for some pretty decent food. So mine is definitely going to be a movie premiere, but um, it's probably going to be pretty embarrassing. The first was The Dark Knight because I remember sitting in line waiting to go Page. see that at midnight. The second. I said Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and you're like, oh, nope. pretty embarrassing, The Dark Knight. No, 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 that's not it, no, 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 that's not it, that's not it. Okay, The Dark Knight's not embarrassing, because I love that movie. Um, It was probably the longest I've waited, though, is probably one of the Twilight movies, because I saw all of them. I knew it, I knew that, yeah. You know what, guys. Be embarrassed. So, yeah, I've definitely um, stood in line for a very long time to see that. Another thing that I can think of that, like, I didn't stand in line, but I sat, like, and saved a spot, and my parents also rotated in. But when I was in Disneyland when I was a kid, they had the original Pirates of... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They had the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie premiere there. And so we saved a spot all day long. All day, someone was sitting there waiting for a spot so we could see the premiere, like, them walk the red carpet in Disneyland, and that was pretty cool, so... Those are the, the longest I've waited in line to see, all revolving I've, around movies. I've been to Disney without a fast pass, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Rookie. About waiting in line. Worth okay, it. last question. Which upset killed your bracket the most? Mine is Oregon State beating Oklahoma State. Now, I, I had Oregon State beating Tennessee, but I had Oklahoma State going all the way to the finals, so that one, that kicked me in the nards, not going to lie. That's the same one for me. I had Oklahoma State making it to... The final four and them losing early, it, it killed it. And even on the other side, um, I also had Texas going. Those two upsets yeah. just killed my bracket. Yikes. Um, I yes. am going to go with Illinois because Loyola losing or Loyola beating them is uh, they were in my final four. So that was a bummer. But that was also a stupid choice. So it's fine. <laughs> I regret it. That's right. We all make we all make bad decisions. Uh, don't forget the March matchup is happening right now. Paige has uh, graciously or desperately, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> said that she will date someone that Mello and I choose. So those applications can be sent and you DM the podcast account at Paige, two guys you want a girl pod. To DM you is that right? No, oh my God, stop! It's Directly? not funny. No, no. Please DM don't. the podcast account. You will be disqualified if you DM Paige. Also, yeah. Uh, I checked our, our work email, our two guys, a girl email, just to like see if there was something in there. Not for this, but for like our normal stuff. And yeah. someone, I haven't opened it, but the, the subject is paging love. Oh, <laughs> that's good. And so, Melo, go, free, free, feel free to check out our um, our email because that also is full of stuff. So, I'll give you the password. One more week. We one, one more week. Oh, one more uh, week. Until we announce the final four. So can't wait, <sighs> Paige. Maybe uh, this week when it's just me and you, we'll just run through all these applications and, Ooh, and so there we go. Decide. I'm like, hey, this is all on you guys. I'm letting you decide. I clearly haven't made the best choices. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, so you're gonna leave it up to us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. I know. Right. right? <laughs> great. Know great. Who knows? Okay. You're getting married again, so. Again, again is the key word. <laughs> I think that disqualifies me from a lot of decision making. So. But it's my fine. first one went swell, so you know right. I can pick them. Right, yeah. exactly. So. I've I learned from my mistakes. That's what we can say about me. 
Everybody gets quiet. Shakes their head. <laughs> uh-huh. That's our show. Mellow and Paige will be back with you Friday. I'll be back next week. Have a great one. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. And we'll talk to you real soon.